Chicago party. Broadcasting live in downtown Rice Lake, Wisconsin. You're logged on and listening to After Hours Radio. Forget to stalk us on Facebook and Twitter for exclusive content and information from the artists you love. After Hours Radio, your Sunday night just got better.
Sports Radio and Dirty Chai Radio. Name's Ryan Quinn. Of course, with me in the Dirty Chai studio, we have got uh, Cordell. Hello, hello. Good evening, sir. Good evening to you. It's the moment we have all been waiting for. It sure is. It 40 sure is. laps to go in the NASCAR race. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, if all has gone well, uh, we are being joined by Chris Johnson of the... Uh, Passion Board Shop in Eau Claire, along with that, uh, host of the Passion Podcast. Did I get that right, Christopher? Yo, I think so, if you can hear me. I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you, you've got uh, you've got uh, the Passion Board Shop in Eau Claire. You've got the Passion Podcast. Uh, tell, me, tell me about both of these. How long has the, the board shop been there? How long have you been doing the podcast? Because you're in season five right now. And if I have my facts correctly, you just released a new episode tonight. Yeah. So I opened my shop April 11, 2014. So it's been seven years already. So I've been doing that for a minute. Um, I'm 31. I started skating when I was like 9 or 10, something like that. So that was kind of always my dream, and I opened that when I was 23. Uh, my show, it's called The Passion Pod. If you look up Passion Podcast, you're going to find a whole bunch of Jesus stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, Passion Pod, you'll see a little skull logo. Um, yeah, season five, episode 10, the finale. Um, my episodes premiere on local radio here in Eau Claire on Converge Radio 101.9 FM. Um, but then on Mondays, meaning tomorrow, the episodes go live on streaming. And this was a big one, man. This was the, the biggest one I've had so far. And it was featuring um, Lamorne Morris, the actor who played Winston on New Girl. Um, I saw that. He actually, I saw that. Yeah, he's got his own TV show now called Woke on Hulu. He's been in a ton of movies. Recently, he was in that one. I think it's called Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. He's been in a bunch of stuff. But yeah, uh, in February when I was out in L.A. on that trip, I ended up going to his house and interviewing him. So I was kind of saving that episode for a little while. But that show I started, I think I recorded the first episode in September of 2019. So it's been almost a couple of years now. But things have been going real smooth. Absolutely, I saw that uh, your first guest on uh, on the show was Miles Boulevard, who's been uh, a kind of a staple of the Eau Claire uh, hip hop scene for a few years now. Uh, so, what was it like talking with him? Oh well, see, he kind of like he used to skate, so I actually reached out to him um, quite a while ago, and it was like, hey man, I kind of like it'd be cool to expand Passion as a brand because that's kind of like the brand, you know, I sell my own apparel and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it would be cool to have you be associated with my shop because I already sponsor a bunch of skateboarders and stuff. And I was like, it would be cool to work together and have you be like a brand ambassador for my store where you're wearing my merch at shows and stuff. And he was super hyped because he's known me forever. That's um, awesome. And I was like, cool, you should come over to the crib and we can uh, sit and talk about it. And so he came over and I didn't really know that much about him. So we sat and talked for a good while and honestly, I'd already been thinking about doing a podcast for a while at that point. I was a guest on somebody else's show before that. And we were talking, and I'm like, dude, this would make a good podcast. You'd be down to, like, try one? And he's like, yeah, bro, whatever. That sounds great. So a week later, we scheduled a day. We sat down, put the laptop between the two of us, no mics or anything, and recorded an episode. And it turned out way better than I expected. I actually ended up going back and re-recording it again once I had nicer equipment and stuff before the first episode ever came out. But it was cool, man. I've known him since he was, you know, maybe 13, so I've kind of gotten to watch him grow up, which is really rad. I've gotten to be kind of like a big brother in a way in that way. And being able to see him, like, 
dude, I, his social media numbers aren't big, so people like don't know. But if you live in Eau Claire, you know he's the king right now. Mm-hmm. Like he's been out for a while, and he's got. I was actually hanging out with him yesterday for a, a good while. He's um he's sitting on a lot of new music, man. I listened to a new track that he just recorded that won't even come out for months probably, nice. but he was playing it for me. He's sitting on a lot of gold. His name's gonna get a lot bigger. I, without a doubt, that guy has shown talent since uh, the the first, uh, basically the first time he started uh, performing. He's had it from day one. Oh yeah, dude. Do you guys hear? Uh, we actually did his update from isolation album release. That thing we played it at my store as like a little release party. And you guys, I don't know if you're aware, but that song Beverly, he actually shouts me out in that track, which is super nice. sick. Nice. <laughs> Uh, so it sounds like you're you're pretty involved not just in uh, in the skate scene but also the music scene in Eau Claire, and being that uh, was it 2013 you said you opened the, the shop. Uh, 2014. 2014. So Eau Claire has gone through some definite uh, scene changes and scene growth uh, in those years. Uh, what can you What can you talk about? Uh, how have things changed for better or for worse since 2014 for Eau Claire's music and uh, and skate scene? Dude, well, I mean, for one, like, skate scene, you don't have one unless you have a local shop because you don't have a team, you don't have events, it just doesn't exist, you know what I mean? And it's not just my store, but that's anywhere. You go to Duluth, there's Damage Board Shop. You go to Minneapolis, there's a bunch of them. You know, there's Familia and Cal Surf and Third Layer. You go out to Wausau, there's Central. I mean, you, it, once you finally have a shop, you know, like mine in the area, then all of a sudden a lot of stuff happens. So the scene's been growing for the skate scene, like, pretty significantly for, for a while. And we're about to get this new park we've been fundraising for forever. I'm actually on the Parks and Waterways Commission, so I'm a city official uh, these days, and I'm working on getting a bunch of um, skate spots built along the bike path. That's going to be, like, a new thing. With the Olympics too, there's going to be a lot more people coming. There's there's a lot moving with the with the skate scene, so that's going to be popping for sure. That's great. Skating's yeah. not going anywhere. Um, but then, as far as music, you know, it's been it's been coming up. Um, when I was growing up, I had friends playing in bands and stuff, and really like there weren't many places. People would play over at like the House of Rock and stuff, which was cool. Um, but there there weren't all ages venues, and what I really think the trigger was um, or the turning point was when Benny Haas took over and bought the Plus down on Barstow because that gave, like, the first, like, cool place that was all ages. Because of the way it's set up, on the right side they can have their shows and all that stuff, and on the left side have the bar. All of a sudden, you could have people that were only 16 show up to your show. So it gave, play, you know, a place for high school and college kids to be able to come out, bring all their friends, and, like, have that experience and come up, not to mention, like, the open mics and things like that. And then on top of it, you know, they, they somehow are getting big names like Twista and stuff playing in that tiny little spot. So I think they're the ones that really pushed it and got a lot of shit going. But then obviously now, like, Benny also owns the Metro, which is a huge venue. So that's huge because that allowed people like Prop to come through town, um, which really gives, you know, locals a, a chance to be on a bigger stage. And then with the Pablo Center, obviously, like, things are only looking up. It's going to get a lot bigger, and that's not even mentioning over you know what I mean? And so then, things are growing significantly. What have uh, What have you noticed uh, in those years, uh, kind of in the in the storefront? Because the, the skate scene and the music scenes often uh, interlap and, and overlap in, in uh, kind of fun and unique ways. Uh, when you opened the shop in 2014, did, did you sense that this growth was coming, or was it already kind of in the process, or was it something that 
you open the shop and just happen to to be right at uh, the right place, right time type of a deal? Um, no, I mean it was a little more methodical. I'm not, I'm a very much a realist. Like I, I definitely hope and try to put myself in positions for things to hopefully go better than expected. But I would never just like throw a wing in a prayer like that. Basically, we didn't have a free public skate park in Eau Claire until. Uh, the summer of 2013, it didn't exist. We had the YMCA park that we had, but it was fenced. It was really deteriorated, and it cost money. So not very many people went there. Um, and then that, you know, there really wasn't a scene for a long time. There was a little local shop when I was growing up that existed, but it went out of business in maybe 2008, 2009. So there was a handful of years there where there just wasn't a scene. Nothing was really happening. And then we finally got our first little free public park. Granted, it's tiny, but even so, we had one. We got that built, I want to say July or August of 2013, and me and some of the other older skateboarders, we threw a contest um, just to get people together to celebrate, and there was a surprisingly large number of people there, way more skateboarders than we kind of expected, more than we thought existed really in town. And so after the contest, me and a couple other guys were talking about it, and it was like, well, okay, someone needs to open a a shop now because there's obviously a scene. There's enough population here. Like, it's time. Somebody has to open one. And initially, I really just wanted to be an investor because I was making a lot more money than I've ever made since. I was working at Verizon back back then, and I made really, really good money. And I really just wanted to be an investor and try to help make it happen. But nobody really had the drive. No one really wanted to open a shop. And I guess it kind of like went through that fall. And I remember it was somewhere around Christmas. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody, and I it just kind of clicked with me. And I'm like, you know what? No one else is going to do it. I think I think I'm just gonna do it, you know. And then a few weeks later, I uh, signed a lease on the place that I'm still in now for my shop, and you know, started getting to work on it. Opened it in April, but I was in the space in January, and I could see like once you got that park built, now all of a sudden there's a scene and it's ready. You know what I mean? So it, whether I opened the shop or not, there was gonna be momentum. But with opening the shop, it was just like the right timing. But all that stuff was kind of written ahead. You know what I mean? Sure. And when you uh, when you first got into it, uh, was it did it meet what you what your expectations were going in into, into what would uh, run a shop? Because it sounds like you were kind of uh, almost hesitant to be in the in the in the thick of it. Um, but after you did get into it, was it to what you expected the experience to be, or was it uh, different in some ways? Yeah, I mean, without like going into making a super long story. Really, the deal was not that I didn't want to have a shop. It was more like I was living the American dream at that point. You know, I had already bought my first house with a fenced-in yard and a dog. I was married. I had a kid. And it was like I'm making enough money that this was – I'm divorced now. But at the time, my wife got to be a stay-at-home mom. I made enough money to do that already even though I was only 23. So it was like I was just really comfortable and set, you know. Mm -hmm. And during that time frame – my parents got divorced and my dad almost died. He had, ended up having a heart transplant. And, you know, within that time, my daughter was not even a year old either. So it was all over the course of a year and a half, basically, that I watched my parents' lives kind of fall apart. I became a parent myself. And the whole thought process changed within my mind as far as, like, what success meant. And it became more and more important to me to do something that I really cared about for a living. You know, if I were to die tomorrow, I wanted to be happy about how I spent my time and the kind of legacy that I left, you know, behind for my kid. And so that's kind of like a lot of what played into it. So I knew I was going to take a big pay cut when I opened the shop, 
but it was everything that I could have ever wanted it to be from the day that I opened. I remember I posted on Instagram like the week of or something that I had opened my shop. I took a picture of myself on a little cruiser board. I was cruising down this hill and I started skating to work right away. So I had a little cruiser board and I was drinking my coffee, skating down this hill on the way to the shop and like snapped a picture of my feet, you know, cruising down the hill. And when I got there, posted like, this is what owning a skateboard shop's about. And it really has been like that the whole time, like whole time, man. It's like the, the cool little clubhouse that I get to have with all my friends. You know what I mean? Like it's the best thing ever. Uh, listening to listening to your voice, it sounds like that uh, that excitement that you got on on day one, skating yourself to work at at your own skate shop. That uh, it, it sounds like that hasn't left. Dude, no, it never will. You know what I mean? Like skateboarding, and that's why it's called passion. Which, like, I thought at the time, I was like, oh man, that's cheesy, and it was just like a working title when I was trying to come up with a name. But that's really what it is. Like, you know, everyone has different things they're into. Like, I'm pretty into art these days. I'm a scuba diver. I do other stuff, but. When I discovered skating, again, when I was like 9, 10 years old or something, that really was like everything I did for like ever. That's always what I wanted to do. And it, it doesn't really go away. You know what I mean? Like you, when skateboarding, a lot of kids get into it because their friends are into it, right? And you see them fall off when they get a driver's license or a girlfriend or something and skating disappears. But I'll tell you what, anyone that you see over the age of like 25 still skateboarding, they're in it probably the rest of their lives because it's no longer convenient for them. The majority of their friends don't do it anymore. They do it because they're really, really, really in love with it, and it, it doesn't fade. Those types of people that are doing it at 25, 30, they're going to be doing it when they're 50, and I'm going to be one of those people for sure. I can uh, I can relate to that. I, <laughs> I still make some time to, to get over to, to the skate party. Admittedly, I don't skate nearly as hard as, as what I, I used to. Uh, I've been riding the same board. Gee, I, I almost hesitate to admit this on air. <laughs> I've been, I've been. How long? It, it's an old toy machine that uh, out of production. I think it was gifted to me uh, in 2010, and oh, somebody else was riding it hard before that. Wow. So I don't know exactly how old it is, but I, I brought it to the skate park here in Rice Lake not not too long ago. It was last season, um, and this. I don't. I have no idea, and I'm horrible about, especially about guessing the ages of uh, teenagers and, and such. But sure. he couldn't be any more than somewhere between 12 and 15 years old. And he saw he saw the the toy machine. He's like, dude, you brought an antique to the skate park. <laughs> like totally called me out. I didn't even know it was that obvious that I wasn't uh, that it wasn't skating that much anymore. But apparently it was. Uh, Dude, toy machines still prevalent, but I, I mean that's how it is, right? Is like I did a, we did a couple shop videos where all the dudes I sponsor and some other locals um, had video parts. I had parts in them. One was like twenty some minutes long. The first one we did. The second one we did was just about forty minutes long, and we had it at the Budget Theater downtown. So we had a big premiere and we sold DVD copies and all that. I was you know twenty six or something. And that, because all my shop dudes were, like, going hard trying to get their best stuff, I filmed full-length parts, like, three-ish minute parts for both those videos. That's when I peaked, man. <laughs> <laughs> I still, it's still scary, but, like, I, I made sure I got my best stuff on, you know, it's locked in, it's on the internet forever. Yeah, and now when, I go, now when I go, it's a little bit more mellow than I used to be, for sure. I don't put as much pressure on myself anymore. <laughs> and I suppose as, uh, as we get to over 30, Cordell will understand someday, uh, <laughs> but as we get over 30, the, the light, least amount of pressure our bodies take when they hit the ground is probably the better. 
that's what I'm saying. You get hurt really easy, and but again, you know, like I'm, I've been skating whatever it is now, 22 years or something. I don't feel like I really have anything to prove at this point, right. you know. So it's just like I'm gonna do whatever tricks I feel like today. I'll skate when I feel like. If I don't want to today, if I don't want to this month, the board will still be there next month. So that's, that's you know exactly I mean? true. And you know, it's uh, you got 22 years of experience on a board. If you fall. You typically have a little more knowledge about how to do it correctly when you've got that amount of time. If, if through nothing else, a bit of trial and error. <laughs> yeah, I mean you do, but you also have ankle ankles that have been folded, you know, countless <laughs> that, times, and they're like ready to ready to fold at any second. So. That's that's <laughs> that's also true. Um, I, do you longboard? I assume that we've uh, we've been talking about skate parks and things, but do you also longboard? Um, once in a while, we did a fundraiser a while back where I was thinking one day, I'm like, hey, why don't we do like a March of Dimes type thing where we get people to sign up for every mile we skate, you know, give us a, a dime or a quarter or a dollar or whatever. Um, and me and I think we had almost two dozen people went from my store, skated all the way to the Chippewa Skate Park and all the way back, which ended up being 26 miles. Wow. And we nice. ended up raising $5,000. And I did that certainly on a longboard, not on a skateboard. <laughs> right. So that's going to be a long way to go on a skateboard. Were there, were there people involved that did do it on a skateboard? Um, I mean, they tried. They definitely didn't make it the full <laughs> 26 miles. I think we started with two dozen. And when we got back to my shop, we had 10 of us left. Sure. Including two kids that were less than thirteen, like two young nice. kids, which was super cool. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, twenty-six miles. That's damn near a, a whole marathon there, only off by half. Yeah, something like that. Yo, no, actually, so that's the thing. We actually got back to the shop, and it was like twenty-five point something. So the rest of us decided to go skate around Phoenix Park and do a couple laps to make sure we hit a full marathon and did the twenty-six point two. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, Especially when you're that close. Uh, Well, yeah. When am I ever going to do that again? Probably not. (laughs) Right. Let's do it right now. You know, I keep thinking about. uh, I've got. I've got both a longboard. My longboard is a lot newer than than my skateboard. Um, And I, years ago, like 2007, 2008 ish, I liked to to bomb hills on the longboard. It was kind of. I kind of phased from uh, skating at skate parks to. To bombing hills and I found this one just outside of Rice Lake that uh, was kind of curvy and <laughs> had uh, offshoots almost a fork in the road type of a situation if you will and I did it during the day by myself went fine it was a good time brought a, fen- a friend back right about dusk you know it was still light but maybe couldn't read a book and we went down uh, we went down the hill but took a different path down and we had a car behind us, a friend kind of following us, that clocked us at 30 when we ended up having to bail off the, the longboard and and uh, actually ended up in a cemetery, which I felt was kind of maybe a little <laughs> symbolic. <laughs> I, I fell off the ditch first, and I looked up just in time to see my friend literally his longboard fly over me and then him as well. Like, he was he was uh, bigger than uh, muscle too. So if he would have landed on me, that would have ouch. That would have hurt worse than the. Yeah, the road I'll rash. tell you what. The injuries, you know, injuries. There's a lot more significant ones from longboarding than there are skateboarding. Because skateboarding, when you're starting, you can't push fast. You know what I mean? Like you don't have the balance, so it takes you a while. And what happens with longboarding is people. They don't understand. It's like motorcycles. Going straight and fast isn't difficult. It doesn't really take any skill. It's learning how to like stop 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That is difficult. And so you get all these people who don't skate hopping on longboards and then pushing and pushing and pushing themselves, hitting bigger and bigger hills until they get smoked. But the first time they do, sometimes it's pretty bad, man. I've seen some pretty nasty ones. It is. Uh, in, you know, we got lucky in that experience that uh, we it was a T-intersection that kind of uh, tripped us up. But you know, if that wasn't grass on the other side of the intersection, that would have been some pretty severe road rash. What would you say is like the the most gnarliest uh, uh, skate damage, if you will, that you've seen? Oh man, dude, there's been. Oh, I, uh. um, one time when I was young, when I was in high school, we were skating this rooftop spot in Eau Claire. You can't really climb up to anymore. Um, and we were we were up there, and my buddy fell off the side of it. Um, and hit his face, and you could see straight through into his mouth through his cheek. Oh, that was pretty gruesome. Yeah, that's yeah. I'd say that qualifies as the as the gnarliest. Sounds pretty rough. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I've seen people fall a lot of times, torn ACLs and and stuff, but that was that was the one that like graphic wise was the grossest. (laughs) Uh, I I saw my friend. He was skating on the half pipe. And ended up trying to to carve out and in type of a deal, but got too close to the edge, and the the board slipped out, and his shin hit uh, the metal edge of the of the half pipe, yeah. and sliced clean down to the bone in, in, in one one shot. And to this day, he still has like a square, uh, deformed chunk in in his shin, and. He, he took it surprisingly well, though, like, <laughs> uh, hopped up on one leg immediately, like, hit the ground, bounced, and hopped up on, on the one leg, uh, said the F word a couple times, and then, <laughs> and then actually looked at it, and were like, oh, maybe we should see someone about that. And so, Oops, ended yeah. up going to, I think the shock was worse than the actual, well, I don't know, it got down to the bone, so I guess that's pretty bad, then, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, yeah man i don't know Le- injuries are funny because sometimes the worse they are the less they hurt and like it's true. strange in that kind of way where like of all the injuries i've had i swear sprained ankles are the most painful at least for the first like m- solid minute and i've like completely wrecked my shoulder where like i completely suffered severed all the tendons and everything and Ooh. i like smashed the crap out of my hand and had to have screws and stuff put in it and it's like when you get hit hard enough, it, the swelling and everything like pops up that the nerves don't really like, you don't feel the pain as much. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I then, mean, you feel the pain later, but it, it's sometimes like if it's bad enough, it's almost like much more manageable for the first little bit anyway. I've, I've definitely noticed that as well, almost, uh, almost as a rule. The, the worse that it is, it's more the shock that gets you first, and then, right. you, then you start feeling, uh, feeling the pain. Uh, yeah. When, yeah, so I keep it more mellow nowadays, man. I'm, I do a lot <laughs> of, like, manual tricks. So I'll, mostly, like, I'll go with my friends to a little empty parking lot and just skate curbs and stuff at this point. I mean, I will skate, like, half pipes and stuff. They have a 10-foot one at Third Layer in Minneapolis, and I'll pad up and skate that. Um, but I don't, I don't jump downstairs really anymore, handrails or any of that type of stuff. It's, it's, I get hurt way too quick if I skate that type of stuff. <laughs> well, in your peak, what would, uh, what would you say is the, the coolest spot that you've skated? 
Oh, man. I don't know. I've skated all over the place. You can find the videos. So if you go up to look up Vimeo.com, which is V-I-M-E-O, it's basically the YouTube without having to get music rights. So you see a lot of snowboard edits on there and skateboard edits and stuff. You go on there and you look up Jinkies, J-I-N-K-I-E-S with an exclamation point at the end. You'll find Jinkies full movie. That's like the last shot video that we did. Um, you can watch that video part. I'm like 15 minutes in or somewhere in that video. And then the other one was called 1.21 gigawatts, which is like from Back to the Future, you know? Yeah. Look up 1.21 gigawatts full movie. You can see my part in there. Um, I never really skated a lot of big stuff. I, I board slid this little six-stair handrail, and I ollied like a nine-stair in that video. But I've always been more like I skate a lot more transition or like tech stuff. So manual pads have kind of been what I've spent a lot of my time doing. So you can see you can see the tech tricks on there. They don't sound as impressive when you try to explain them to people, but if you know <laughs> skating, it's kind of hard. <laughs> skating definitely is more of a, a, a visual uh, appreciation than an audio presentation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and people don't understand. You know, it depends on what you're trying to do, right? Yeah, like exactly. I explained to people that I ollied a nine stair when I was 16, and then I got a lot better. What, how good I was when I was 16 versus how good I was when I was 26, very different. I was a lot better. However, I still only was ollieing nine stairs. Right. And it's like it, jumping down a big stair set isn't actually difficult, really. It's just like you get hurt frequently, so it takes a lot of guts, I suppose. But you could also just say you're being reckless. Right. But actual like skill is a little bit different. You know, if you skateboard and you watch somebody do something, you'll understand why a trick is hard and why something, you know, isn't. So, but I just, I, I move towards like really low impact stuff. So, but yeah, you can check it out on there. There's a lot of cool stuff. Plus, you know, you should watch all the other guys. You got to remember, like, I own the skateboard shop. I don't sponsor myself. I don't ride for the shop. So I'm not going to pretend that I'm like incredible at riding. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you could, uh, if you could uh, take a moment to, to kind of uh, talk up your favorite local skaters, who, do you, who would you mention? Dude, there's so many people. Um, Taylor Gast is from Chippewa Falls. He rides for my shop. He's been good since he was little. We used to have a nine stair that was in, at the university in Eau Claire, and he hard flipped it when he was like 15. He's super, super good. Yeah, so he kills it. Um, another dude that rides my shop, Brandon Nairgaard. He's incredible. Um, he can do switchback nose blunts and stuff. It's it's nuts. Um, Denver Schleifer just moved from Menominee out to Denver, Colorado, actually. But he's like the gnarliest person I've watched skate transition in a long time. If you've ever skated the Menominee Park, um, they have this vert wall that it's like three feet of transition and like four feet of straight up concrete. And he actually skates that like a quarter pipe, like has done a lot of different lift tricks on the top, which I've never seen anyone else do. Nice. So he's really good. Um, Zach Pater rides my store. He lives in, in uh, Minneapolis now, but he's from Eau Claire. He's an absolutely incredible. And my my newest shop rider is uh, Sawyer. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. In, in, Inger Benson? I don't know. Sawyer. Anyways, look up Sawyer. Um, he rips. He's I just added him to the team, and he just has like the best overall attitude ever. He's like leading the scene in the exact right way, which is like a pretty big thing for me. If you're going to be attached to my store in any kind of way, yeah, you for feel sure. like it has to be something that pushes the right kind of message. You know? Absolutely. Uh, before we we wrap things up here, is there any other plugs you you want to get in? Anybody you want to to thank on air about uh, with your your store, the Passion Pod? You've got, uh, of course, that new episode that is uh, going to be dropped here pretty quick. Yeah, tomorrow morning, um, 
Yeah, the season finale, season five, episode 10, um, with Lamorne Morris. Again, he played Winston on New Girl, as well as a million other things. Literally has a million followers on Instagram because he's been in a million things. So <laughs> that episode's going to be killer. I had a lot of big ones, honestly, um, recently. The next episode after him, this girl has 1.2 million followers for a reason, too. Uh, I had, let's see, I had Scott Lips, the guy who owns the talent agency that represents Gucci Mane and Cardi B and the Chili Peppers and Lizzo and Meek Mill the baby he was a really big episode that was really really awesome to do i interviewed him on this rooftop out in hollywood check out the show basically the whole quick premise if i give you the plug is it's an inspirational storytelling experience where i feature unique guests that are pursuing careers based on their passions so i have had people in the skateboard industry i had andrew cannon who does announcing for x games and do tour and he actually might be doing the announcing for uh the olympics but he used to be a pro skateboarder for World Industries. Now he's the brand manager for Santa Cruz Skateboards. That episode's super sick. But yeah, check that out. Um, otherwise, just stop in my store anytime. You can shop also passionpod.org. You can find a bunch of like the apparel and stuff out there. But follow me over on the gram. You can see the stuff that I'm doing. That's the easiest way to keep in touch, just at passionpod. You can see all the whatever if you want links to skate clips, if you want advice on cool shit to do in Eau Claire. You can hit me up on there. That's the best spot. Absolutely. Well, Chris, uh, thank you so much for joining us here on After Hours Radio. Anytime you'd like to, to be a guest, don't hesitate to reach out, and we'll, we'll put you on. It's always great to know what you've got going on in, in Eau Claire. No, appreciate you having me. Broadcasting live in downtown Rice Lake, Wisconsin, you're logged on and listening to After Hours Radio.
After Hours Radio and Dirty Chai Radio. Name's Ryan Quinn. Of course, with me in the Dirty Chai studio, we've got Cordell. Hooray. Hooray. I'm here. Cordell. Yes. Cordell. 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 What you got? Have you taken the blue poop challenge? I have not. You know about the blue poop challenge? Um, I think I read something about this a little bit earlier today. Not much, but uh, <clears throat> well, it sounded interesting. Essentially, it's a campaign for gut health awareness. You eat two dyed blue muffins at breakfast. Better than green eggs and ham, I suppose. And then, after you eat your dyed blue muffins, you time how long it takes for your poop to turn blue. The timing (laughs) determines if your gut is working properly. Uh Uh-oh. Plus, dyed poop is always entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Like a Smurf poo challenge. (coughs) How long before you get a Smurf coming out of your butt? (laughs) Smurf butt. We got a case of the Smurfs over here. Hold on, I can't come into work today. Sorry, like, boss. My poop is blue. Yeah. You're a what? BBM, blue bowel movement. <laughs> They'd understand, I'm sure. I would hope so. You just don't tell them that you died it yourself. I woke up and it happened. Yeah, I don't know. Just- I woke up, I ate a muffin, and now things are blue. I don't know what to tell you. And it's coming out of my butt. (laughs) Now a six-year-old that would be very pleased with this conversation. (laughs) I mean, who wouldn't? Right, because dyed poop is always entertaining. It's funny. (laughs) I, I don't think I'll be participating, but I think it's kind of... Kind of neat. You don't want to see who poops blue first? You know, we, we can make it a contest? We're going we're gonna <laughs> to race. <laughs> Funny story. There were two people that went over to my house when I was in uh, high school on their lunch breaks. And they raced to see who could poop the fastest, wiping included. Oh, my God. So there's the poop races every day at lunch. <laughs> it's true. High school kids, especially high school boys, I suppose, are kind of weird. Yeah. I never participated, but I think the record was 13 seconds. Holy shit. Literally. Literally. (laughs) completely intended. In that case, it wasn't blue, at least not to my knowledge. (laughs) That's the thing. If it's the diet blue, that's one thing. But if it's blue on its own, you probably need to talk to someone. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of talking to people, they're talking to people. You know, the, the the they that always know things, that always tell us what's right and wrong. Oh, that oh yeah. That they yeah. that's always there watching and they judging say, and studying well, things. Well, who's they? Well, you know. Yeah, they. It's, it's, it's they. It's them. Yeah. Well, as, as perhaps you know uh, from past reports here on, the, on our show and other places, um, that experts say people were having less sex during the pandemic, probably because they got blue poo. Other things Prob- to worry about. <coughs> Probably. But let's assume that that's not you know hard transition here. You know, let's <laughs> let's assume that it, neither of these two things have anything to they do with each other. They are not connected. Um, but now some are predicting a resurgence in folks having sex with the easing of the pandemic, and vaccinations and such. And as such, condom sales are indeed skyrocketing. Some <laughs> are warning though that. 
Uh, well, maybe it's not. Maybe people are just buying more condoms because they need water balloons. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make balloon animals. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Make a giraffe. You gotta make sure you get the extra long one. I mean, and you get a hippo, you get a maximum. Maximum. <laughs> you know, there's different uh, different options for your balloon animals. <laughs> Tie a couple of them together for all your balloon animal needs. Right, and some of them could be blue, I suppose. But uh, you maybe don't want to ingest a full condom. Oh God. Time. You don't want to time that. That's, oh. Probably not. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Reiterating the fact that these two topics have nothing to do with each other. Exactly. But I can... No, never mind. <laughs> I was just gonna... Nah. nah. Well, Cordell, you know... No. <laughs> I don't need to know if you know. Nope. <laughs> anyway. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah. <laughs> Carry the conversation on with us anytime you'd like to online. You can do that at uh, facebook.com slash ahradiowy. Instagram is afterhoursradiowy. And Twitter is at ahradiowy. If you'd like to check out a podcast or such, you can find that a variety of different places. Cordell, you're kind of the keeper of such information. Uh, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify. DirtyChaiRadio.com, of course, and our favorite one. Deezer! Deezer. And, of course, uh, dye your poop blue and <coughs> use protection. That's yes. A, that's the takeaway. Yeah, I think that is. Hooray! The next band is Clinger.
Music taste out of Sucker Creek since 2011. After Hours Radio, alternatively entertaining.
Don't forget to stalk us on Facebook and Twitter for exclusive content and information from the artists you love. After Hours Radio, your Sunday night just got better. Radio and Dirty Chai Radio. Name's Ryan Quinn. Of course, with me in the Dirty Chai studio, we've got Cordell. We've made it through our Sunday, Cordell. We have. We have. Coming to do the end of the long-burning 10 o'clock hour. Our week is almost finished. It is. It is. And as we, uh, you know, move throughout our Memorial Day weekend, don't forget to to stop and think about what uh, this weekend's all about, Uh, especially if you've got uh, the day off tomorrow. Um... And along with that, we want to make sure we stop and give thanks to Chris Johnson 
from Passion Board Shop and Passion and the Passion Pod. Uh, make sure you check that out. By the time you wake up in the morning, there'll be a brand new episode that uh, wraps up their season. It sounds like. Yeah. Yep. I believe it's the season five finale. So you can uh, you can find that, of course, at uh, passionpod.org is uh, the website for that. And, of course, passionboardshop.com is the website for the Passion Board Shop in Eau Claire. So, again, uh, thanks uh, and to Chris. And one last shout-out. You can also support his Patreon. It's only $5 a month, and it's totally worth it because you get a bunch of exclusive stuff exclusive interviews and stuff that he doesn't record or release for everybody so nice you should do that absolutely and appreciate it. it and again uh, passionpod.org mm-hmm. is the website for the for the podcast a lot of great uh, great interviews um and then of course passionboardshop.com is the is the the website for the for the board shop and uh, there Interesting, interesting guy. Interesting uh, conversation. Yeah. Uh, if you if you missed it, uh, go ahead and uh, look for that podcast. We'll have it uh, posted pretty soon. And of course, uh, you know, if you did hear it and you want to listen to it again, it'll be available to you uh, pretty soon as well. <laughs> Don't forget to join us again next week as we do the do the thing at the time that the time again. Remember, seven p.m. <laughs> live on DirtyChaiRadio.com exclusively for the first hour. And then, of course, uh, the YouTube stream goes live about 8.30. And you can follow all week long on our social media accounts, uh, facebook.com slash ahradiowy. You can also find us on Instagram, After Hours Radio WY, and on Twitter, at ahradiowy. And Cordell, there's a gang of places that you can find the uh, the podcast. Yes, of course. Uh, DirtyChairRadio.com, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Our favorite one, Deezer. Deezer! Apple, and uh, shout out to your Alexa. Hey Alexa, play After Hours Radio with Ryan Quinn. Uh, I, I, I'm under the impression that it works, but I have I can't confirm it because I don't have an Alexa. I assume so. Nobody's yelled at us for it not working, so, you know. Right, so we've got that going for us. If it doesn't, speak up. <laughs> yeah, speak up, would you? <laughs> we want to know. Um... Yes, so join us next week, 7 p.m. on After Hours Radio. Wait up! Sundown.
Live in downtown Rice Lake, Wisconsin. You're logged on and listening to After Hours Radio. Wisconsin and streamed all over the world. This is Dirty Chai Radio. <laughs> 